Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At the world's greatest stretchy superhero awards, the final most coveted prize is about to be announced. The presenter, Ryan Seacrest, holds the envelope in his hand, opens it, and reads the card. The world's greatest stretchy superhero 2023 goes to Plastic Man. The grinning sunglassed hero makes his way to the stage to claim his trophy. It is then that another hand appears out of nowhere and grabs the trophy before Plastic Man can get it. As Reed Richards stands up in the crowd, now holding the award, he says, This is a farce. Everyone knows I should have won this title. Plastic Man turns his head sideways and says, Oh, come on, old man. Be a good sport, or else I'm going to have to take that trophy back from you. Reed gives a satisfied smirk, revealing that a battle was what he wanted the entire time. It's Invincible Man versus Ralph Johns. It's Mr. Fantastic versus Eel. It's Reed Richards versus Plastic Man. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stacanus. It's our second matchup in Showdown September, where we go over a battle that has been a long time existing in the geek culture zeitgeist. In one corner, you have Plastic Man, DC Comics comic relief, wrapped in an insanely powerful stretchy package versus Reed Richards. Mr. Fantastic himself, the leader of the Fantastic Four, who is also in possession of one of the highest IQs in the Marvel Universe. As usual, I did the patent who would win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed. And who are we kidding? We found hints that this debate between these two particular characters has been going on and been discussed since the freaking 1960s, but yet this matchup has never come to a decisive conclusion until today, that is. So, Ray, look, it's Showdown September. This is what we do. What are your thoughts on today's matchup? 
I'm pretty fired up about today's matchup. Look, it's Showdown September. You know, the time is now for getting out these battles that everybody's been talking about. And here we are in Season 5, and it's hard to believe there are still battles left that exist on this certain plateau. But we did one last week. We're doing one this week. And gosh willing, we're going to have three more after this. I'm excited because I got a win with from Delvin Cox last week. Look, I'm basically playing with house money at this point. You know, Delvin Cox, a, a true genius, one of the smartest people of all time, you know, he, he dropped the ball. Let's just face it. But you know, you. just like Stephen Hawking, Einstein and many other geniuses of the of history, they usually have their biggest successes right after a massive failure like Delvin Cox's last week. So I'm anticipating Delvin Cox is inventing a teleportation, perpetual energy. I don't know. Zero point. Energy. Something's going on. It's going to be big. Delvin Cox is going to make it. Now, speaking of something big, Ray, I got some news. We have a whole new batch of reviews for the Who Would Win show. Oh, great. And as always, they are spectacular. I wanted to go over them with you real quick and just, uh, you know, let the Legion of Audience, our faithful fan base, kind of see what people are, th are saying about this. So for our first one, this is a five-star legit review from Devin4991 titled, I don't look at the episode titles before playing them. He says, do a gauntlet match between the X-Men and the creations of Junji Ito, you cowards. Wow. It's a, it's a five-star review. If I had any idea what the creations of, of um, Judge Ito, Ito were, I, yeah. I would be all about it. I, I have no idea what he's talking about, so I guess I'll be living in fear. I, I knew Judge Ito was a very powerful person. I just didn't know he could, you know, he had that kind of power to take on the entire X-Men. Uh, we'll, we'll put this under a uh, possibly, maybe, we'll look at this sometime, probably not, uh, pile of suggestions. Yeah, all right. You know, you people at home thought you were going to go all of Showdown September without a single reference to the O.J. Simpson murder case. But oh. that didn't happen, did it? Look at yourself in the mirror and understand. That's where we are. Now, I have one actually I found here that I'd love to review. Uh, it's from somebody named Levi. It says, please read my review live. Okay. And oh, wait, hold on. It's only four stars. Uh-oh. Don't care, Levi. Fix your review and maybe I'll read it then. Until then, you can bite it. Unless we have five stars, we're just not reading this on air. It's just a thing. Uh, I, can't, I can't believe I'm about to I say this. I don't make but the rules, except I also make the rules. Five stars or get out. The one and only time I'm going to do this. Hashtag Ray is right. Thank only you. when it comes to that uh, policy. All right. Uh, we got one more. It's a five-star review from Nathan underscore Void Slayer. That's a great <clears> name. I didn't know you had to slay voids, but it's a thing. His title is Ideas. He goes on to say, I love this just because James seems to have all the power and gets to always promote his fan base Weird and that. never lets Ray promote his. Didn't know he had a fan base. Only downside is that you even give Ray the benefit of the doubt that he even has fans. W what does that mean, Ray? It I means no, thank you for the five-star review, Mr. Void Slayer. And uh, thank you for listening. You got to understand, I'm only here for 5% of the audience. I'm only here for the hashtag Radiacs. I'm only here for the hashtag Awkward Allies. And everybody else, that's fine. You be the legion of audience. You be the drooling sycophants for this man, James Gabsey. I'm not here for you. I will never be here for you. That, that, that's how you bring in fans, Ray. All right, listen, uh, we love all the five-star reviews, that is, uh, but we do love the reviews. We read them all, and uh, we just absolutely love Now, speaking of things that we absolutely love, it's time to introduce our guest judge. Making another appearance on the Who Would Win show, oh, I'm so excited, is TV writer, comedian, writer, consulting producer for Spirit Rangers on Netflix, an amazing show, by the way, creator of Gone Native on Comedy Central Digital, 
is the one and only. It's Joey Cliff. Joey, welcome back to Who Is Win. That's right. It's me. It's me. It's that J-O-E-E, the judge with no grudge, the man who calls it right down the middle, and the winner of Who Would Win's Best New Judge Award 2022. I'm comedian, TV writer, Cowlitz Indian travel member, and the only thing standing between the Legion of Audiences rule of law and pure extreme anarchy. I'm today's judge for this week's Showtown September matchup, Joey Clift. Wow. All right, yeah, well, thanks hey, for watching another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to everybody. follow up with that. That was great. That was amazing. Okay. Not surprising you're such a uh, an amazing TV writer and producer and uh, comedian. Joey, welcome back to the show. Before we get into everything, just tell the Legion of Audience what you've been up to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks again for having me. This is such a fun show to be on. So uh, a lot of what I've been up to is, uh, you know, just trying not to be a scab during this, you know, uh, you know, historic Hollywood writer and actor strike. So, um, you know, I've been uh, working on a lot of my own stuff. One of the things that I've been doing is I've been getting to the gym and getting buff. I had my first professional wrestling match in March. I have another one coming up really soon. I'm trying very hard to not make fitness my personality. But now I have a lot of strong opinions about different types of protein shakes. So I think that that's just a losing battle that I am sad to lose. First of all, welcome to my world. Secondly, I'm interested if you're doing some pro wrestling. Is there a match between you and Race to Canis in the near future? Like I said, I'm the judge with no grudge. So I got no beef with Ray. I didn't hear a no. Unless unless he breaks a unless he breaks a rule, then maybe. Interesting. Well, I we'll think just, the we'll odds are in your favor. Air. It's been it's been over a decade since I last got into the ring, but who knows? If you're if you're you're never retired in wrestling, you're only semi-retired. The slightest provocation could always bring you out of it. I mean, that was a thing. Like after wrestling my first match, it was WrestleMania weekend in Los Angeles. My friends and I, who were a tag team, we we like we still went to a couple of indie shows, and we like. This is the dorkiest thing ever. We like brought our like ring gear with us in my the trunk of my car just in case somebody was like, does anybody wrestle? Like, you know, like in case they need to fill in for a battle royal. For sure did not happen because we are not good at wrestling. Joey, you but, just you just described your own indie cred. You get it. You've got it. You've got indie cred now. The fact that you did that means you're one of us. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Joey, are you, are you, you know, I, I got a question when it comes to pro wrestling because I've, I've never done any pro wrestling, but I love pro wrestling and I appreciate it and, you know, how, how crazy hard it is on a body and how wrestlers just do everything they can to entertain the masses. You know, Andre the Giant, for example, was said to be, was billed at 7'4", 500, 540 pounds, but some people say he was closer to like 6'11", maybe 7 feet and maybe like 400 pounds. Is your height and weight exaggerated as well? Are you really 6'7", 330 pounds? Uh, it's a little under-exaggerated, actually. I'm I'm 7'2", uh, 500 pounds. It's just, you know, people wouldn't believe that because they were just like, they just can't believe that a human could be that big, you know? It's fair. It's fair point. And charming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, like they, usually they, large they, people aren't both. You're not big and yeah, charming. It's like you can't, yeah, it's hard. It's like I'm a real double threat and it's like, you know, I got to play one of those down, you know? It's like uh, you can't have the big show doing moonsaults because people are like, oh, he's too athletic for a big man. So that's that's basically the and the constant torment of my life is we, we walking should point out We should point out, Joey, that uh, one of the other people in that match was a recent judge on the Who Would Win show. That would be the human tack board, Leroy Patterson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Leroy, um, I chokeslammed him into a pile of plastic Lego hats. <laughs> Oh my god, that's even worse than tax. That is yeah, you are yeah. a monster. You are a monster. I would I would not let my kids watch your matches more than eight times. 
that's it. Yeah, my I, my problem is that like I did that and then I just celebrated like I won the Super Bowl and like it was the greatest moment in the history of my life. And at no point did I go for a pin. No, and <laughs> you safely fair, though, rolled out of the ring. It was one of the greatest moments of your life, and you can't oh. tell me otherwise. Oh, 100 percent Yeah. 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 Look, that sounds like an epic battle. But speaking of epic battles, because I would love to ask you a whole lot more questions about that, it's time to get today's epic battle, today's epic episode, the second match of Showdown September. With all that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the stretchy hero who aggressively pursued his wife, you might say he's a real storm chaser, Reed Richards. And representing DC Comics, the stretchy hero who never stays over for too long before he's got to bounce, Plastic Man. 50-50 on that one. The, 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 the bouncing one was great. All right. Yeah, well good done, Ray. and great. <laughs> well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, there are so many amazing versions, fantastic versions, if you will, of Reed Richards. What version are you using for the battle today? Keep it real. This is Showdown September. I'm using the comic book version and so are you. I wouldn't be so... Yes, that's exactly correct. I'm also using the comic book version because, yeah, reasons. The animated versions, versions, are fantastic as well. But yeah, comic book version, 100%. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides. As the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes. And where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to leave The Who Would Win Show a five-star rating and a fantastic written review wherever you download and listen to podcasts. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Abandoned carts, rejected payments, spotty support. If you're selling online and something just isn't working, you deserve an upgrade. It's time for Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or you're IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling satin sheets from Shopify's in-person POS system or offering organic olive oil on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers into buyers. One of the things I love about Shopify is that there's no limit to how big you could potentially grow, right? No matter how big you think you can get, you can always get bigger because Shopify gives you everything you need to take control of your business and then take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com www. Go to shopify.com www to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash www. And now let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Reed Richards. Reed Richards is a stretchy genius and leader of the Fantastic Four. He was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and first appeared in Fantastic Four number one back in 1961. For those who somehow don't know, the Fantastic Four leader invented a spacecraft, and when taking his family up into space, they were all bombarded with cosmic radiation, causing each of them to develop their own individual superpowers. Reed Richards gained the power of malleability and stretching. All that said, Reed is also acknowledged as the smartest man in the Marvel Universe and will be a key character in the upcoming phases of the MCU. There's no doubt about that. Fun fact, the Fantastic Four is one of the most popular teams in comic book history. But did you know that a major character in his early life tried to make them the Fantastic Five? Yes. You see... A young Spider-Man was broke beyond belief, and he wanted to join the group because he assumed that there would be a big payday involved in being a member of the Fantastic Four. Once he discovered that the team worked on a purely volunteer basis, however, he quickly left to go do his own thing because that don't pay the bills. And that is the Fantastic Four, and that is Reed Richards. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in the 80s, didn't the uh, the Avengers pay its members $1,000 a week? 
which was considered great money back then, even oh, in man, New York I City. I don't know. I, here's the deal. I, I asked that question, especially after watching, you know, the series Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where the Falcon can't even like close a loan for a house or something, even though he's an Avenger. Like this is this is an unfair world we live in. Let's you know what? I think WGA needs to get paid. I think SAG after needs to get paid. And I think the Avengers need to get paid. I think everybody needs a living wage. Vote for me. Moving on, here are the details for Plastic Man. Plastic Man, originally named Patrick Eel O'Brien, made his first appearance in 1941 in Police Comics Number 1 and was created by writer-artist Jack Cole. O'Brien was initially a small-time crook and a member of a gang. During a botched heist at the Crawford Chemical Works, that's a thing, he was shot by a security guard they used to carry back then and exposed to an unknown chemical liquid, which were all over the place back then as well. Rather than killing him, the chemical transformed his physiology, granting him extraordinary elasticity and shape-shifting abilities. Realizing the potential for good, O'Brien decided to reform and become a hero, adopting the name Plastic Man. One of the most versatile heroes in the DC universe, Plastic Man's humor and lighthearted personality have made him a unique figure among the often grim-faced heroes of the DC landscape. Plastic Man has been a member of various superhero teams, including the Justice League and the Freedom Fighters. And here's an interesting fact about Plastic Man. Did you know that he was the first stretchy type of character ever in all of geek culture history? It's true, I think. See, sure, there was Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards, who appeared in 1961 from the Fantastic Four. There was even DC Comics' Elongated Man from the 1960s. But it was Plastic Man who was the very first character who could stretch himself to great lengths. Even so, he had some competition from other stretchy characters who came into existence, which is why, and this is from different comic book companies, by the way, which is why DC Comics decided to insanely upgrade what Plastic Man could do in order to set him apart from the others. And I mean insanely upgrade what he could do. I'll get all this in. I'll get into all this later in uh, the battle. But just keep in mind, he was just a plastic, stretchy type of guy. And all of a sudden, I guess in the '80s and '90s, they're like, "Ah, let's make him do some crazy stuff." And now we have Plastic Man. And speaking of that, now you have the facts on both opponents. Joey, do you have any questions before we get started? No, I think that this is all pretty clear. Um, you know, this is a fight that I'm really interested in. Speaking as somebody who's very lanky and stretchy, as I mentioned, being seven foot three, uh, yeah. I relate heavily to both of these characters. So I'm really excited for the the best stretch you got to win. <sighs> this is going to be a tough battle, but Showdown September is what we do. All right, Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Reed Richards. Let's just get it out early. This man is a genius. He has a genius IQ. He is a master of science. He is one of the absolute top minds on Earth. It is known that he is considered by many to be the smartest character in the entire Marvel universe, or at least the smartest man, I should say. Now, there's characters like Modok, who have like a brain that is comprised of a human and robot combined. You have, of course, Doctor Doom. You have Hank Pym. There's a lot of geniuses, uh, Tony Stark even. But Reed Richards stands above them as being even smarter than all of those other characters. And what I appreciate about this is he's more well-rounded the best, you know? He's going to be one of the best, say, like... Uh, as far as physics goes, as far as chemistry goes, as far as all the sciences go. That doesn't mean he's number one in everything. He said Hank Pym was a better biochemist, but if he gave it a few weeks of intense study, he would be an equal to Hank Pym, right? That's crazy. And his mind became flexible in some of his later stories. It became as flexible as his body. So it gave room somehow for even more intellect 
and more smarts to get in there, right? So this is a guy who can essentially invent. He All he does is invent. He sits around and where other people would be socializing, fighting evil, having a family. He's really terrible at being a, a husband, really terrible at being a father, really terrible at being a friend in general, but he's really great at inventing because he just locks himself in the Baxter building and he just invents all day long. And we're not just talking about inventing weapons like Tony Stark does. He's trying to better humanity and he feels like this is his chance to do it. Here are some of the things that he invented. He built a cassette player that can get 5,000 times louder than a police siren. He can make something super, super loud. If he ever gets up against Venom, he's got him. He also invented the Fantastic Car, which is one of the coolest. I didn't really realize how cool this thing was until I researched it, but it holds all four members of the Fantastic Four and flies around. And then it can break off into four different pieces, and all of those pieces can fly on their own and go do what they need to do. He also invented Herbie which made me laugh because I've been watching a lot of Venture Brothers and they got a helper, which is essentially the same thing as Herbie. It's a, it's a servant robot, but it's also been known to drop She-Hulk if it needs to. Pretty good. The Reductor Craft. He built the Reductor Craft in six hours from memory after it had been destroyed at one point. Crazy. Some of the other wild things he invented, though. He invented the Coma Cannon which he had to do for his own son, Franklin Richards, who could tear the fabric of space and time apart. He invented a cannon to put Franklin into a coma in case he needed to neutralize him. Great. He invented the negative zone prison in the Civil War storyline, which is essentially another dimension where there's a prison to put the people who didn't want to sign the form to uh, be super. He, he was on the Iron Man side of this whole thing, saying you should like sign your rights away as a superhero. And he put the people who didn't agree with that in the negative zone prison. Not great. But it shows a great intellect and a great ability to uh, solve problems, I guess. The Atomic Space Displacer, he once threatened the entire planet of the Skrulls with this weapon that would atomize their home planet, and he built it in three hours. He's sharp. The antimatter injection system, which was used in the Secret Wars to eradicate entire planets and all of the life thereof, it got to the point where the planets were about to crash into each other. That's how Secret Wars worked. And he decided, I don't want to do this. I can't kill this many billions of people. So Namor grabbed it and said, I don't care if I kill billions of people. And he pressed the button to use it and it worked. And the final one, the afterlife teleporter, I believe the thing was the character who died. So he took his body into heaven <laughs> using the afterlife teleporter where it turns out that God is uh, artist Jack Kirby, which I thought was fantastic and he was able to bring thing back to life by going to heaven with one of his inventions i love plastic man he does some incredible things but the fact that reed richards has a brain this big is going to be too much to overcome and that's my point number one okay so i i agree with you in terms of the raw genius iq it's interesting because i do think he's the greatest mind at least on earth possibly in the Marvel Universe, but in one comic book I read not too long ago, I forget who it was, but someone said that Hank Pym was named Scientist Supreme in the same way that Doctor Strange was named uh, Sorcerer Supreme for Earth. So Hank Pym, for this uh, uh, cosmic being, said, you're the Scientist Supreme of Earth. I, you know, it's titles, 
right? Who cares about titles? Everyone's a VP of something these days. So just, it is what it is. Uh, look, again, he's super, super smart. But, you know, with all of this, he's not carrying a lot of this tech on him. This is a random encounter, a neutral location, no time to prepare. So he doesn't have his tech. Can he whip something up that's right there? I don't know, because he's fighting. Uh, when he has time to analyze something, and even under pressure, if he has materials with him, can he whip up something? Maybe, possibly. But this is a type of character who needs preparation. He needs previous knowledge or prior knowledge uh, of whatever he's facing. And then he can whip up miracles, no doubt. But again, that's not the fight that he's in right now. It's something completely different. And finally, you know, when it comes to Genius IQ, Ray, you said it as well. He's a great scientist. He's not a great husband. He's not a great father. He's not a great friend. His EQ, his emotional quotient is really, really low. And when it comes to fighting, especially against someone like plastic man who is a reformed criminal and can really read people that well and knows how to push buttons and get things going same way namor does to him all the time then this is going to be a really big problem now with that being said let me get to my point number one and i'm going to talk about just the basic powers of plastic man because he's got a lot more than just basic powers but let's just get these out of the way so just like you know mr fantastic he's got this malleable physiology i guess is what it's called it came from that chemical mixture that went through a gunshot wound because that's really cool and now the cool part is is that plastic man kind of exists in what's called a fluid state he's neither entirely liquid or solid but plastic man does have complete control over his entire molecular structure and has become insanely powerful now how powerful you may ask well according to batman plastic man may be one of the most powerful beings in the universe. That's quite the statement. That's Batman. And that's because of the, all the cool stuff that's been happening over the last probably 20, maybe even 30 years for this character. Now, in terms of his elasticity, he can stretch his limbs and body to superhuman lengths and sizes. Fun fact, there's no known limit to how far he can stretch his body and limbs. Uh, more on this point a little bit later. Let's just say that Reed Richards does have limits. Plastic Man does not. He can alter his size. He can shrink himself down to a few inches tall. He posed as one of Batman's utility belt pockets. He can go even smaller to fit inside a person's body where they can't even feel him, or even become a giant titan the size of Godzilla, like a kaiju, or even bigger. He can shape shift. This is really cool. Now he can contort his body into all these shapes and positions. He can be entirely flat like paper to slip under a door, use his fingers to pick locks. He can use it for disguise by changing the shape of his face, his hands, his body. It's really cool. He can alter his bodily mass so he can get bigger, smaller. There's literally no limit to the sizes and shapes he can uh, contort himself into. Uh, listen, he can turn himself into a car, a rocket, a flying fire-breathing dragon, a whole lot more. More on that later as well. He's got superhuman agility. Look, because he's so malleable, his legs can become spring-loaded, and he can actually turn his legs into literal springs and create, you know, just spring him down, potential energy. He is flying through the air, going super high, super far, and doing crazy uh, acrobatic maneuvers. But one little thing people don't know, he's got superhuman strength. He's just regular baseline. He's easily strong enough to throw cars around. That's just his regular baseline. But when he really applies his strength, he's strong enough to pick up and throw kaiju-sized creatures hundreds of yards. On one occasion, he was able to wrap himself around Darkseid, that's DC's ultimate powerhouse villain, and completely restrain. When you can contain and restrain Darkseid, you're kind of an elite level of strength. He's so strong that one time he held up a glass dome that had shattered and it was cracked and had the weight of the ocean pressing down on it. He held it up for quite some time. That's millions of tons of water. I don't even know what those calculations are. He's also kind of considered invulnerable. Look, can he get cut? Yeah, it takes a lot 
lot to hurt this guy, and he can withstand corrosive punctures, concussions, all this kind of stuff without you know any type of injury. Look, he's plastic man. Throw him off a building, whatever. He's going to bounce up. Literally, he's absolutely fine. Uh, you know, Dark Universe Energy from DC Comics, considered one of the most dangerous and destructive forces in the DC Comics universe, came out and he got hit with it, blasted with it, and he's okay. He's fine. This is someone who's pretty pretty durable. Look, Reed Richards is great too, but if the Hulk punches him or something hard hits him, whatever, he's going to feel it and go down. He's got also Plastic Man, the power of regeneration. He can heal from anything, replace body parts, cut his head off, it'll regrow. He can separate his body parts and have the separate body parts act on their own, which he's controlling from a distance. Uh, on top of that, he's considered immortal, which is cool. His organs are made of rubber or rubbery, which means that he can shift them around his body. His brain isn't even his head anymore. He moves his brain around his body, so if he gets decapitated, he's absolutely fine. But even if his brain did get removed, it'd somehow be back through regeneration. Uh, also, the really cool thing is he possesses super speed. How did I figure this out? He took a guy, a criminal, and said, hey, let's play a game. Let's see how far I can stretch. See those clouds? They're about three miles up in the air. And he just zooms the guy up, you know, with his body, stretches up to the clouds, three miles up in the air, and he got there in like two seconds, and he's like, I'm bored. Let's go back down. They don't know how far he can stretch. They really don't know his limits. They don't even think he has limits. That's crazy. Look, Reed Richards is awesome, but when it comes to his powers, Plastic Man, even in base form, has a lot more going for him. That's my point number one. You're just talking about Reed Richards at this point. We're going to get into stretching in my point number two, because that's an important aspect of Reed Richards' character and combat ability as well. But essentially, everything you just mentioned could also apply to Reed Richards, you know, as far as stretching abilities go. He can get really flat and fly and slide under a door. He can uh, mimic and impersonate other people by turning his form into looking like somebody else. He can take punches from a whole lot of different strong characters. I very much disagree. If the Hulk punches... Uh, Reed Richards, nothing really happens to Reed Richards, and I have an example later of that of that exact thing happening, so don't even worry about that. Essentially, what you said with your entire point number one is, I think Plastic Man is as stretchy as Reed Richards, but you didn't talk about any of that IQ because I know for a fact that uh, Plastic Man, while not a complete idiot, is also sort of a complete idiot and is not on the same wavelength as Reed Richards as far as smarts go. I, that's some selective hearing. I didn't actually say the, I, I mentioned a bunch of stuff that Reed Richards couldn't do that Plastic Man could, but that's all good. But you let's were go wrong, James. That's the entire point. Well, let's see what our judge has to say. Uh, Joy Cliff, you heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? So far, this seems like a, a very equal battle. Um, you've definitely both made a lot of really good points. I, if I may, I had a, a small question for Ray based on something that he previously Please. brought up. Uh, so, Ray, you definitely mentioned um, Reed Richards' inventive abilities. His, you know, he has stretchy powers, but he's also like incredibly intelligent and inventor. Are there any examples in the comics of him turning around a quick invention if he's in the middle of a fight? going off to the side for a second, inventing something because yes. so far what you've mentioned is like, you know, three hour invention time. So just curious, like what he's invented in short. One, 100%. Yes. He is a guy who can invent very quickly more. So he can create something using the objects around him uh, and make something quickly. Uh, honestly, many times in the world of the fantastic four does Johnny storm, the thing and invisible woman fight the big bad. Well, he takes a step backwards and invents something to defeat that character in the moment. And then comes with the, coup de gras at the very end when they finally start getting worn down by the big bad. That is 100% something that is on the table at all times for Reed Richards. While the Fantastic Four, they're fighting for him. Got it. Sorry, Joey Clift. So, Joey, where is your head out with this fight? 
so, uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, um, I feel like this is a very even fight. I think that you definitely brought in, um, you know, a good point that was a, a big question about what I had as far as Reed Richards' um, inventing abilities goes. And then, uh, James, I guess what is, uh, you, you mentioned um, Mr. Fantastic's loadout. What is Plastic Band's usual loadout? Okay, interesting. So typically it's only his goggles and his costume, so to speak. I got it, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And I'll get into that more later as well. All right, good. Okay, so we're kind of neck and neck so far, but it's only round one. Let's hit into round two. Ray, hit us with your point number two. Point number two, I already told you what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about the stretching ability of Reed Richards because I think Plastic Man is an excellent uh, stretcher. I think Reed Richards is not quite as good at stretching as Plastic Man is. I'm going to go ahead and say that. That's a Marvel versus a DC kind of a thing. Marvel likes to put certain caps on its characters where DC says, no, we're not putting any upward cap on it at all. That doesn't mean that they're so far different from each other that it's going to be a big deal, however, right? And I think Reed Richards more than makes up for it in other ways. Now, Reed Richards, he doesn't need a heart in a later iteration. In fact, many of his internal organs just atrophy because he doesn't even use or need them anymore. He's a character who in his later forms doesn't need to eat, doesn't need to breathe, can be out in outer space without too much of a trouble whatsoever. And that's great. Wolverine at one point was being enveloped, right? Reed Richards decided to completely encircle and enclose Wolverine inside of his body, but, you know, using the external parts of his body. You get what I'm saying here. Wolverine, of course, didn't like this. He took out his adamantium claws and started attacking the walls. But Wolverine's claws could not cut Reed Richards because he was so stretchy he could just you know malleable himself around the claws and never actually take any damage from them this is the point he's taken punches straight out from the thing the thing one of the strongest characters in Marvel Comics the thing in this moment thought that he was Dr. Doom because of some like magic spell that was cast or whatever and he hit Reed Richards in the face as hard as he would hit Dr. Doom and he was able, Reed Richards, to shrug it off. So what are you talking about? He can't take punches from super strong characters. Of course he can. Bullets just bounce off of his body. He's immune to electricity because he's basically made of rubber. Duh. At one point, he needed to stop a huge team of superheroes from getting to the other side of the room for story reasons. So he became very flat, he became very, very large, and he tried to essentially play goalie against this object. And he was able to hold back a team, a team of the Hulk, Hercules, Namor, Thor, Iron Man, Wonder Man, and about a dozen at least other heroes and was able to keep them all away from this for the point of time that he needed to do. When you can take hits and play defense against that many super-powered characters, what is one Plastic Man really going to mean? And also being stretchy means he has superior strength. He once picked up Dr. Doom, big guy. Dr. Doom, he picked up by the ankle, spun him around a few times, and then kind of scraped him against the walls to the point where the sparks were coming from his mask. If you could do that, if you could ragdoll Dr. Doom, you could do good things to Plastic Man. One time he grabbed and threw Silver Surfer. James would argue he's one of the most powerful cosmic beings in all of creation, and Reed Richards was able to physically get over on him. Big deal. He once pulled himself out of, speaking to willpower, 
Dr. Doom put him in a machine that stretched his body to the limit while also freezing him simultaneously, thinking this is how he was going to get him. And through the pain, he was able to physically pull himself out of that machine, despite the fact that it hurt him very much to do so. My notion with the stretching is if because he's smarter... He could envelop Plastic Man, completely surround him, put Plastic Man inside him like he did to Wolverine, and then hold him there incapacitated for two minutes, and Plastic Man isn't going to be able to unload an amount of damage to get out if Wolverine, the Hulk, and all these other characters can't. I think he can be incapacitated by the smarter, faster Reed Richards, and that's my point number two. You know, I like this because we I actually had to rep uh, Reed Richards a little while ago in a Who Would Win Battle, and I like how I use some of these points that Ray's now bringing up. I may actually use uh, some of my, the Ray's defenses against as well. All right, so I do remember when Wolverine got enveloped by Reed Richards. That was pretty cool. Um, Wolverine has a son named Dakin, and Dakin was facing off against Reed Richards in the same way, and Dakin did actually cut into Reed Richards. You know, And by the way, that's Adam Mantium clause. This is not a shameful thing, but it's all about, you know, are you prepared for the person? Do you know what's happening? He was caught by, you know, unaware by Dakin. He had time to prepare for Wolverine or at least knew what Wolverine could do. A little bit of a different situation. He was cut by Dakin's claws. In terms of that big thing where he grew, like he was a really big uh, wall with big fists, he didn't really hold them back. He kind of interrupted their path if you will. He wasn't trying to hurt them. He wasn't trying to incapacitate. He was trying to slow them down. And out of respect, they were like, okay, cool. It's Reed Richards. We don't want to hurt him. Whatever. Got it. We'll slow down. He's just trying to get them to listen to reason. It wasn't like it was a big, huge feat. It was just like, hey, wait, 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 wait. My kids do that to me sometimes. It's not really a strength feat, but you know, Ray, you do you. Uh, On top of that, so he ragdolled Dr. Doom kind of, sort of, scraped him against a wall. Again, Plastic Man enveloped completely Dr. Doom, uh, Dark Side, I should say, and held them captive there. That is way more impressive, way stronger. And finally, uh, anytime someone tries to you know, encapsulate Plastic Man, something's got to happen. He's got to be immobilized first, and then they got to put him in something that's insanely hard to do. It's been rarely, rarely done. Um, and also, Plastic Man can grow to huge sizes, like infinitely big, and outgrow Reed's uh, limitations. By the way, being encapsulated and trapped in something, that's what people do to Reed Richards all the time. I'll get into that a little bit as well. But for my point number two, let's kind of talk more about more powers, abilities, and fun things that Plastic Man can do that you may not be familiar with. So first of all, Plastic Man can break the fourth wall. That was something he's done. Now, he hasn't done it a whole lot recently, I will admit, but he used to do that all the time. That was part of like the, the comical aspect of this character. If he breaks the fourth wall and sees what's going on, he's like, oh, got it. That's what Ray's saying. I'll know what to do. Kind of a fun thing. Do I think it's a big deal for the fight? Not really. Just wanted to bring that up. Here's a fun one. He's immune to powerful magic because Reed Richards has used different types of science, different types of magic, what have you. Uh, when Plastic Man was fighting with the goddess Circe, he proved he was immune to her magical ability to turn humans into animals because whenever she tried to turn him into an animal, he would just instantly revert back to his normal self. Magic just didn't work on him. It was crazy. On top of that, shoot bullets, cannonballs, you know, any projectile at him, and he's going to bounce it right back at the direction it was shot at super, super speed. He just doesn't deal with bullets because he doesn't have to. If someone shoots him, he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Let it bounce off, shoot back at you. It just happens automatically. He can alter his density. This is cool at any at will in any part of his body he needs to. This is cool because he can become more durable, heavier, lighter, bigger, any way, way stronger at any way, anytime he wants. This lets Plastic Man 
like he can actually outclass a lot of other DC superheroes in super strength in those areas because there's technically no limit to how much mass and density he can take on and how strong he can become. This is actually a really key factor. It's something Reed Richards cannot do. I also mentioned this before, but let me emphasize this and expand on it. Uh, Plastic Man's a shapeshifter, but he's really good at this. He can turn himself into a giant-sized kaiju, an actual working, moving car, like a real car, a fully functioning rocket that had flaming rocket exhaust coming out of it. He transformed into Optimus Prime, like the full-size Optimus Prime, a massive flying uh, flying fire-breathing dragon, even a version of Iron Man with, again, fully functioning rocket boots, and Plastic Man was flying, which means he can fly. He can actually create rocket exhaust and rocket propulsion from his body, and he can fly. Now, how is this even a thing? You're thinking, these powers don't make any sense because they don't. So how does he have these powers? Here's a fun fact. Plastic Man, evidently, this is a weird thing. Science, physics, and even gravity don't apply to Plastic Man anymore. This is a weird thing, but it's true. It means if you really have to think outside of the science box to even figure out how to beat him, he's even said that if people try to beat him using any type of science, he knows they're already at a disadvantage. I wonder if Reed Richards going to try to come up with something rooted in science to beat him. Who knows? Maybe we'll see. He's also, Plastic Man's also a master detective. Look, his IQ is good. It's not in Reed Richards' class. I'll gladly admit that. But his EQ, his emotional quotient, and his emotional intelligence is much, much higher. He can read people instantly and figure them out. He's a master at playing mind games, something he's done with Superman, Wonder Woman, and the rest of the Justice League, even Lex Luthor. By the way, this is kind of cool. For quite some time, he disguised himself as the Joker and absolutely fooled Lex Luthor. It took everything Lex Luthor had to kind of figure it out, but that's still impressive. Batman considers him to be a lateral thinker and much smarter than, every, than he lets on to everyone. See, Plastic Man uses, you know, it's kind of cool. He uses his humor to distract people from the fact he's actually kind of reading them. This is what criminals do all the time. It's called an interview, and he's a master of interviewing people without them realizing he's about to be interviewed. Now, on top of that, he's an expert fighter. Plastic Man was already a really good fighter before he gained his powers, and since then, he's you know he constantly continues to improve his fighting skills. He's received extensive training from Batman on how to fight using his powers. This is really, really cool. Also, he's a member of the Justice League of America, which means he's got mandatory training all the time. This is something he's doing, and he's got training from Wonder Woman, Black Canary, and many others. These are the heavyweights of fighting in the DC Universe. Fun fact, he was able to hit and knock out the Flash in one fight and then did the same thing to Kid Flash in another fight. When you can knock out speedsters using techniques you based and fighting techniques based off your powers, you've got a really high level of fighting ability. But there's a lot more. His shape-shifting, again, his stealth. Because of his shape-shifting, he's a master of stealth. He was one of Batman's utility belt packets for, uh, I think, a day before Batman even realized that he was there. And that was only because Plastic Man gave him a hint. On top of that, he was a part of a street where Batman and Superman came on. They were looking for Plastic Man. He disguised himself as part of a street. They couldn't even tell he was there. This is something that's really, really cool. Look, there's something really different in how he fights too. See, Reed Richards, he's an honorable man, right? And this is part of the problem. He's going to fight really well, right? I think he's a well above average fighter, but he's not going to try to be that dirty fighter. It's just not something he does on a regular basis. Now, here's the thing. The uh, Plastic Man is absolutely an insanely dirty fighter. Look, he took out one time, he took out his friend, Flash, for reasons unknown, but he took him out by kind of putting his arm around him saying, hey, Flash, how was your day? What's going on? As the Flash is talking, he wraps his arms around him, encapsulates him, like completely contains him, and shoves his hand plastically down his throat to make him suffocate until he passes out. 
That's kind of nasty. Another time, he's fighting two villains. One is called Lockup, the other one's Sportsmaster. And what's he do? One time, he one with two fingers, he jabs his fingers, extends them into the eyes, and creates two bloody messes in Lockup's face. And as he takes his other hand and shoves it down the throat of Sportsmaster and rips his heart out of his mouth. That is some insanely dirty fighting. That is his style. He smothered Felix Faust, a super powerful wizard, by containing him, wrapping around after Felix Faust was using his magic and this like magical smog or smoke came out and he thought it'd be fun to encapsulate him and make him smother and choke on his own magical smoke. That is fun. We're talking about a dirty player with some insane powers that Reed Richards just doesn't have. That's my point number two. I mean, you're talking about a character named Sportsmaster. How much cred do we really give your point, right? Ooh, and anyway, how is that move even going to work against a guy who doesn't need to breathe? As I pointed out recently, I don't understand. And you say Reed Richards is an honorable man? Reed Richards is one step from turning supervillain at all times. In the benefit of humanity, he will go too far and has gone too far many, many times in the comics. If it wasn't for his family pulling him back to the side of heroism he we would lose reed richards to villainy that's what happened to the ultimates version we'll talk about that in a little bit i would argue that reed richards uh, being a man of science figured out a way to beat himself he would have a way to beat himself on hand at all times in case something happened where he needed to be neutralized for the betterment of humanity and i do believe that reed richards would figure out how to best to dispatch a stretchy character and would know how to do it. And let's face it, Plastic Man's lost plenty of times. This is a guy who, uh, if you rapidly heat or freeze him, he will either melt into a puddle of goo and take much longer than two minutes to reform, or you can freeze him very, very quickly, shatter him like the T-1000 Terminator, and then again, it will take him quite more than two minutes to reform himself again. This is the whole deal. Oh, also, uh, uh, Plastic Man was once scrambled using ultrasonic wave distortions. And if you don't think that Reed Richards figured out that that's a way he could mess with himself and could then immediately see what Plastic Man is doing and put that together on the fly and defeat him with it, you're kidding yourself. Interesting points. I'm loving where this fight's going, by the way, because now we're at the turning point, and this is where, after hearing two points from Ray and myself, Joey tells us who's ahead and what the other side has to do to win, but before we get to what Joey has to say, let's celebrate the Hoodwin patron of the week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Hoodwin Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today's patron of the week is one Michael W., Ooh, I've heard of Michael W. Okay, he's got a reputation. He's all powerful. He's all that. You know what? Not holding back. Let's have Michael W. go up against the Death Star. The Death Star versus Michael W. Now, that is quite the battle. Now, one thing you got to keep in mind about Michael W. is he's an Aggie, you know, so he's from the South. And, you know, they teach you how to overcome the odds down in the South, you know. So when he sees the Death Star out on the horizon, somebody next to him is going to say, look at that moon in the sky. And Michael W. is going to turn to him and say, that's no moon. That's a space station. And he's immediately going to put on his spacesuit and his rocket boots because, yes, Michael W. has those things at all times. And he's going to fly up out of Earth's orbit. And he's going to go all the way to the Death Star. Now, one thing that Michael W. has in his favor is blind luck. 
Michael W., you know, he's seen some Star Wars, but, you know, he can't honestly say he knows the series like the back of his hand. But he's going to get inside that Death Star, and he's going to luckily evade the patrols without even knowing they were coming. Because he doesn't show, he's also not Force-sensitive. So he's not going to be showing up to any Force members. So he's going to be essentially a ghost on the space station. He's going to walk up to one control panel, press a couple of buttons, and then leave. And the Death Star will explode purely through blind luck. Michael W., congratulations. You took out the Death Star. I feel like you were describing what happened in Star Wars A New Hope, you know, when Luke Skywalker used the Force to guide yeah. it, and it just, you know, went perfectly. I mean, I felt like that was Michael W.'s story right there. All right, I don't know how you did it, but congratulations, Michael W. You destroyed the Death Star. Now, remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now, back to the turning point. Joy, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? So uh, initially, I thought of this as a very a very Ryu versus Ken battle, where these are two very similar characters with two very similar skill sets. But, you know, both of you have brought up really great points of, you know, if you think about it, like in the same way that um, Ryu is a little bit stronger than Ken and Ken is a little bit faster than Ryu, um, these characters have a few very specific differences that I think are going to be very key in this fight. Um, you mentioned, um, uh, Ray, I believe, that Mr. Fantastic is, you know, just a lot smarter and more inventive than Plastic Man. And that's something that, you know, you could definitely see playing into this fight in a lot of different ways. James, you've also brought up the point that Plastic Man, there's just like less limit to his power than Mr. Fantastic. So um, to me, I think that that's going to be the ultimate conversation of this fight. Is Mr. Fantastic smart enough to beat potentially a stretchier character or as Plastic Man's, um, you know, increased abilities, increased stretchiness, and increased sort of malleability enough for him to take out Mr. Fantastic. There is so much pressure for me to make the right choice on this. You know, luckily you have a big frame to handle it. You know, you got broad shoulders at 7 to 390 pounds or whatever lean weight you're at these days. All right, Ray Sicanus, go ahead. Let's see what we can do. Hit us your point number three. Point number three, let's just go ahead and bring this home. James, you made the point earlier, and I will agree with you. Reed Richards is a considerably better fighter than he is given credit for by most comic book fans. He knows human physiology. He knows alien physiology. He knows pressure points in the body, and he knows the human body, and he knows how to, how to hurt it if he absolutely needs to. But we're going to move beyond that because Plastic Man is no ordinary human. This is a guy who created the Council of Reeds. If you know Rick and Morty with the Council of Ricks, this is where it came from. Reed Richards aligned himself with Reed Richards from across the multiverse using an uh, item called the Bridge, which allows him to see and go into different realities. So... If he could get Plastic Man into an area where he could access the bridge, he could take Plastic Man into an alternate, different reality and have every Reed Richards from multiverse uh, history attack him at the same time, and Plastic Man would be defeated in about 1.7 seconds. He once, using his personal trainer, he beat Terex, Blastar, and Annihilus, three pretty powerful big bads. He beat all three of them simultaneously in his own training system set up to high difficulty. 
one time Reed Richards got the power of molecule man in order to disrupt other, you know, atoms in the universe and do that sort of, you know, dimensional shifting with people's bodies and all that stuff. And he was able to reset the entire universe using the power of molecule man. It's not something he always has, but it's definitely something he has had before. And James loves to argue that if he gets a power one time, he must always have it at some point. But let's talk about when Reed Richards was a villain, because Reed Richards in the Ultimates series uh, had things go a little differently in his past and became the most one of the most terrifying villains in Marvel history as the maker. Imagine Reed Richards with his drive, with his cold, detached view on humanity while trying to save it, instead trying to, trying to take it over. So Reed as a bad guy has morals off. And let's face it, he's always close to going too far. We learned that even in the, in the Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange movie, how close Reed Richards is at all times to going too far and making mistakes. Remember, his answer for Hulk uh, was to jettison Hulk into space and hope he never comes back. He did come back, and that's why we had the entire World War Hulk storyline years and years and years later. Now, Makers exist in every multiverse because he was cut into ribbons by a, another character. I think Molecule Man. I could have that wrong. But he was essentially, his consciousness and his being was moved into every multiverse, which means everywhere there's a Reed Richards, and in every multiverse there's also a version called the Maker, which is there to do bad things. One cool thing the Makers across these multiverses can do is pass objects to each other at any given time. Essentially, any version of this version of Reed Richards can say, I could really use a super futuristic laser gun that could melt Plastic Man right now, and a different one from a different different multiverse will say, here you go. And he'll be able to blast him into oblivion without even thinking about it. But the big thing I want to talk about here, and this is where I really think Reed Richards gets the win, the Baxter building. The Baxter building is a place in New York, which is the, it houses the fantastic four. He essentially took over this building and then kept inventing stuff inside of it. He invented multiple backup generators of the highest level. Essentially the Baxter building can never lose power because that's too important. It has automatic defenses and can shoot rockets. And it has like robots that will attack you. If you get inside unwarranted, there's an intergalactic panic room on one of the top floors that nothing can get into even if it wants to. He has a portal that will take you to the future in the Baxter building. He has been known to take villains into the future and leave them there. He has a room that can project holograms of person's memories, holograms that that person now has to deal with in a very sad kind of introspective way that might prevent somebody, I don't know, like Plastic Man from fighting at all. The Baxter building can self-repair very, very quickly if it ever gets damaged, and it has special fields, whatever you'd call it, that can keep anyone out that he wants to keep out. That also means he can create rooms in the Baxter building very quickly that can keep anybody in molecularly in any room in the Baxter building that he wants to. The reason I bring all this up is because Reed Richards has a device that can, he can use to teleport to the Baxter building whenever the heck he wants to. So if Plastic Man tries to grab him, tries to put his hand down his throat, whatever James says, Reed Richards can zap his device, take both of them off of a neutral battlefield, take them to the Baxter building, where he can then trap him molecularly inside one of the rooms for two minutes or more 
Once he's able to use his smarts to remove the neutral battlefield, make it a home field advantage and get Plastic Man inside the Baxter building, Reed Richards flat out cannot be defeated. And that's my point number three. I mean, I'd like to give a round of applause to uh, Ray Stacanus for taking a fictional character, putting them into the ultimate fan fiction of fictional characters that write fan. This makes no sense. No sense what you just said. I don't even understand the words. I thought we both spoke the same language at some point. I just no, I don't James, get it. you speak French. I, I'm and I've apologized for that many times. Okay, now here's the deal. In terms of the Council of Reeds and you know Reed Richards, you know the multidimensional thing. That's the the Council of Reeds is a really. I don't think you want to pull that in because a lot of them have their own agendas and some of them really do not like this version of Reed Richards. They really don't like this guy. Uh, on top of that, you talked about how he beat the simulations of Terra. And Nihilus. Nihilus has, has an easy, easy win. He's super powerful. There's nothing to be ashamed of. He's got an easy win over Reed Richards. By the way, Darkseid, the main, you know, uh, Plastic Man actually uh, held him and contained him in a ball. It was really cool. Uh, on top of that, the molecular, molecule man power, that was a one off. It was a machine he used to reset the multiverse because all of that, all the plans converged into one. Namor did that and he had to reset the multiverse and then travel around to kind of make sure everything was good. It was cool, but it was not even a power. It's a device. The Ultimates, the Maker, and all that kind of stuff that's a completely different version that's a different person and by the way this maker just like a lot of people on the council of reeds he really doesn't like reed richards this is the guy i'm talking about he'd love to see reed richards get his you know what handed to him and lose a fight or worse so he'd probably at most watch the plastic man fight and encourage him and cheer him on he would not help reed richards at all the baxter building look that's like me saying, you know, Batman has teleporters. So what he's going to do is teleport any villain he faces and take him to the Batcave. And now he can use all the stuff in the Batcave to take out whatever villain he's facing. Here's the thing. Plastic Man also has a teleporter and he could take Reed Richards to the Justice League Watchtower. And all of a sudden he's got a whole bunch of access to great stuff there. Teleporting to another place. He's going to teleport himself away so he doesn't have to fight, remove himself from the you know play, uh, plane of battle if he's smart. Now, all that being said, let me get to my point number three real quick. Let's talk about big wins, big weaknesses for Reed Richards and how Plastic Man wins. Okay, Plastic Man has beaten. He's beaten Batman. I just think that's a cool thing to say. He beat Kid Flash and the Barry Allen Flash, as I mentioned earlier. One shot at each of them as they're running at super speed. He beat the entire Justice League, which included at the time Superman, Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter, The Flash, and Batman. Now, just how powerful is Plastic Man? This is a cool thing. Batman already said he's one of the most powerful people in the universe, but Batman also stated that Plastic Man is the only person on the planet who could soundly defeat Martian Manhunter if Martian Manhunter ever went completely rogue. And actually, Martian Manhunter did go rogue because that's exactly what happened. So Martian Manhunter, he had this weakness to fire. It turns out it was a psychological weakness. So they probe his mind and they find out there's a being within his mind who's not afraid to fire, who actually embraces it, called Furnace. Only problem is Furnace for Martian Manhunter is like when Martian Manhunter goes Super Saiyan, when Goku goes Super Saiyan. So he turns into this furnace creature who goes kaiju supersize, destroy, like literally just smashes the Justice League, Superman, Batman, all of them. And they're like, what do we do? Well, guess who steps up? It's Plastic Man. Plastic Man grows to kaiju size and starts beating the heck out of Furnace. Furnace is trying to burn him. 14,000 degrees Celsius. It's not working on Plastic Man. He's trying to destroy him. Plastic Man is taking the punishment. He's smashing through buildings. He's beating him like horribly. At one point, Furnace is on the ground crawl, trying to crawl away. Plastic Man just, nope. 
pulls him back and keeps pummeling him until the Justice League regroups. He's the one who had to take on Furnace to help save the planet because that's how powerful he is. Uh, listen, on top of that, Plastic Man also beat the team of Zatanna, Constantine, two of the most powerful magic people, magic users in DC Comics. There's a couple other characters in that group too, Blue Devil, Ragman, magic-based characters. And how did he beat these two powerful magic users? Well, he laid in wait by disguising himself as a blood moat. It's a very weird storyline. Don't worry about it. It's a moat made of blood. At least that's what they thought. But it was really just Plastic Man pretending to be blood. And they couldn't detect him, the magic users. And when they came too close, he came to life and turned the moat, the blood that he was part of, into spikes, large like stalagmites, whatever, and just stabbed through the body of all Constantine and Zatanna. And he made sure to stab through Zatanna's mouth because that's how she does it. She says words backwards to make her spells go. That's how crazy he is. On top of that, on top of that, finally, Plastic Man beat a group of villains called the Cabal. Now, this is a supervillain team consisting of Dr. Psycho, that's mind control, didn't work, Killer Queen, I hope that's, you know, Freddie Mercury, that'd be cool, Hugo Strange, uh, this character named Degaton is pretty powerful, but one character in that is called Amazo. Now, there's a Super Skrull who has all the Fantastic Four powers who absolutely wrecks Reed Richards if he try, ever tries to fight him because he's got all the powers of Fantastic Four. Well, Amazo puts Super Skrull to shame because he has all the powers of the Justice League. The Justice League in its entirety tries to take on Amazo and barely, barely overcomes him. And Plastic Man took on this entire team and Amazo at the same time and beat them. This is really cool. Now, in terms of weaknesses, Reed Richards got a few. First of all, he's got ethical and moral limitations put on him. Look, he's a hero. He really does have a strict ethical and moral code. Sure, if he has a bad day, could something happen? Absolutely. But he's usually typically in control of himself and will self-sacrifice to do the right thing. That's what's cool about it. But you got to remember, Plastic Man's not that guy. He's literally going to rip your eyes out. He's going to pull your heart out. He's going to do horrible things to you. He's going to put himself in your insidey places down your throat. Whatever it is, he is going to go there. He's going to do some horrible, horrible things. Look, at the end of the day, you got to love Reed Richards. Give him prep time, and he is literally saving the multiverse, but on a one-on-one counter with no time to prepare, with no prior knowledge up against someone who's crazy, who likes ripping people's hearts out and going nuts and beats you the way you've already been beaten before. Yeah, this go- this is going to Plastic Man in a really fun fight. That's my point number three. No chance. Look, you talk about him being in control all the time and Reed Richards with this moral code. I have not really seen that. He tries to be a good guy, dot, 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 when his family is there to rein him in. In this who would win battle, it's just one-on-one. There's no one there to emotionally pull him back. And you say Namor uh, stealing Sue Storm? Well, Sue Storm is her own woman who can make her own decisions, James. It's not about the 1960s patriarchy and saying the man has to do X, Y, and Z. These are vibrant characters who can make their own choices. And also Reed Richards is a terrible husband. I wouldn't blame anyone for leaving him at any point. Namor looks like he'd be a great guy to be with. Reed Richards is not. Now, I would argue that a secession's Logan Roy would look at Plastic Man with disgust and say, you are not a serious person. And that's true. And because he's not serious, he's not going to be able to kill shot Reed Richards. And every millisecond you give Reed Richards in a fight, he is thinking of a way to beat you, of an invention to create, and, and any chance to do it. And you talk about the Baxter building, it's not the Batcave. The Batcave doesn't have the defenses that the Baxter building does. I think it's hilarious that you think Plastic Man's teleporter to wherever would work because the Baxter building has teleporter defenses in place. 
place. So you can't get in. You can't get out with teleporters. Only Reed Richards can bring you there if he wants you there. The Baxter building is its own thing. And I believe I've already described it well enough. Reed gets Plastic Man in the Baxter building. Reed walks out. Plastic Man does not. All interesting points, but you know, we got to go to the judge and we have a judge like none other here. Joey, you've heard three points from both Ray and myself. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us a story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Mr. Fantastic slash Reed Richards and Plastic Man. So um, like I mentioned earlier, both of you have brought up a lot of really great points about, you know, this fight and these characters and, um, you know, really their capabilities in battle as well as their weaknesses in battle. And like I mentioned earlier, um, I think this is very much a battle of is Reed Richards smart enough to overcome Plastic Man's, you know, increased abilities. So to paint a picture, I picture this battle taking place, um, you know, let's just say on a, a street corner on a relatively big unnamed city. So that's an equal ground neutral territory situation. Reed Richards lands on the street corner in the fantastic car. He's really excited to order like a slice of pizza from a restaurant or something like that. Or he needs to refuel the car or whatever reason he happens to land in this city. Plastic Man is nearby and he sees this alien spacecraft looking car land and he, with his experience fighting, um, you know, a lot of people from, you know, different worlds immediately thinks like, oh, this is like an alien I'm going to have to fight. So the second that Reed steps out of the fantastic car, Plastic Man just launches like a huge stretchy punch right at Reed Richards. This is uh, what James mentioned. I think that it's kind of the, the three mile, like he punches him three miles away and his fist stretches three miles. And he thinks to himself like, oh, wow, I just took care of, you know, this alien that was going to invade Earth. And then he stretches his head out, looks down, and sees that Reed Richards is unharmed, floating down to Earth like a parachute. So he thinks to himself, oh, this guy also has stretchy powers. And then Reed Richards sees what Plastic Man's doing and thinks, oh, this guy also has stretchy powers. Let's do this. Plastic Man then turns into a rocket ship of some kind and goes sailing right at Reed Richards, trying to kind of knock him out of the air in his parachute form. Reed Richards, seeing this, uses the um, the remote capabilities of the fantastic car to uh, split off three of the cars to then fly up Plastic Man. So think of it as like um, several X-Wings circling around the Death Star situation where they're circling around Plastic Man and basically trying to distract him to give Reed Richards the opportunity to land on the ground. They both land safely back in the city. And then with Plastic Man um, distracted by these flying cards, Reed Richards immediately just jumps on Plastic Man and envelops him into, um, you know, essentially like a ball that we've mentioned. Reed Richards thinks he's beaten Plastic Man, but then he starts to feel something in his gut. And then he feels like something, you know, let's say rice-sized, worming his way from through Reed Richards' mouth because Reed Richards is like looking down in this ball shape, which he's done, I believe, in the comics before. And then he just feels this this thing go from his mouth into or out of, let's say, another orifice on the other side of him. Plastic Man exits Reed Richards, and then he says something like, woo, do not go in there. Think of that as a very Jim Carrey thing that he does. And, you know, Reed Richards, of course, wretches because Plastic Man just went through his insides. And Reed Richards, with his stretchy abilities, was able to kind of maneuver Plastic Man to go out an area and not explode him. So Plastic Man is very cocky about beating Reed Richards. But what he doesn't know is that while Plastic Man was inside Reed Richards, Reed Richards was building, I believe it's called a sonic wave emitter you mentioned. So he kicks it. Plastic Man um, immediately is hit by this wave of sound. And let's say Reed Richards builds it, um, you know, with uh, junk that he finds around him while this is happening. It incapacitates Plastic Man for a moment. 
but not very long. And Reed Richards, seeing that he only has a second to do this, programs the fourth car of the Fantastic Car to fly in right behind Plastic Man as Reed Richards kicks Plastic Man in his incapacitated state into like an open bridge portal that is also connected to the afterlife teleporter, sending Plastic Man to heaven. Whether Plastic Man's dead or not, he's now in heaven and can't get out. Reed Richards wins. There you go. Interesting. He's too smart. You can't give him time with a non-serious character and think Reed Richards will not win. This showdown in September might be the best ever. So, Joey Cliff, you're saying, let me just understand this correct. You're saying the fantastic car is part of this battle. Yeah, I believe that, um, you know, this seems like a situation where, you know, you, oftentimes with things like that, you've got to think about if it's a neutral location, these are characters from two different universes. How do they get into this universe? Um, Reed Richards being, um, you know, a very crafty and inventive person, I think would probably bring a small bit of technology with him. He's not necessarily going to have like, you know, like melting rays or anything like that. But I, th- I feel like him arriving in this location in his preferred mode of transport is not out of the ordinary in the same way that, you know, Batman arriving in a fight, you know, against Superman in the Batmobile would not be crazy. Ah, wow, Joe. You know what? I loved your story. Uh, I'd actually like to see this in live action, but it's one of these rare times where I really got to disagree with the judge. Having that technology, the traveling technology, the fantastic car right there, especially if he's already teleporting, wouldn't he teleport to that area or wouldn't he be there for another? I got to tell you, I don't agree with your judgment, but you know what? It doesn't matter because you're the judge. You have the final say and I got to respect it. So even though I disagree, I loved how you came to the decision. Well done, Joey Clift. Race to Canis. Congratulations. You got the win. Tell the Legion of Audience of you know how you feel right now. Look, I said, I even sent you a message before this battle even took place. And I said, James, you better bring your A game this week because I got the points. I got the argument. You better double, redouble, triple, quadruple your efforts. And none of it will matter because Reed Richards is going to win this fight today because my arguments are just too strong. And quite honestly, if I had been on the other side with Plastic Man against Reed Richards... Nothing would be different. I would have won this battle on either side because I truly am that great. I am the greatest debater in versus history. I'm going to go ahead and say it out loud right now. No one can beat me. You definitely can't beat me. I'm going to start inviting people from the outside world because the challenge on this show is gone. Thank you for respecting my judging ability. If you did not, I was going to have to wrestle you because that was the deal is if you disagree, I got to fight you. It's true. <sighs> I, I, we all I, signed it. We all signed I know. Listen, I know you're bigger than me, but I do believe in my submission skills. I'll leave it at that. All right, cool. Listen, this was so much fun, especially after last week's debacle. And I got to tell you, I love it when I disagree with a judge, but I really, really respect their decision and their storytelling ability and how they really take in all the facts. I got to tell you, I love you, Joey Cliff. You are awesome. So please come back for another episode. Uh, in the meantime, tell the Legion of Audience where they can find you. Um, Yeah, thanks again for having me. Like I said, um, the Legion of Audience, I love you so much, and I'm so happy to be able to judge in these situations. So, uh, yeah, you can find me on Blue Sky, TikTok, and Twitter slash X, at Joeytainment. You can find me on Instagram and threads at Joey Clift with five or six eyes. You can check out my Comedy Central digital series, Gone Native, on all of Comedy Central's social channels, or you can check them all out at gonenative.tv. And um, you can watch Spirit Rangers on Netflix. Season three comes out sometime next year, and I'm really excited for y'all to see it. 
Awesome series, by the way. Again, can't reiterate how awesome that is. All right, Race of Canis, congratulations. You won another one. Uh, again, I completely disagree, but man, I got to love the judge and I love his, uh, his process. Tell Legion of Audience where they can find you. It didn't matter how our judge, Joey Clift, put this verdict together. I gave him so many pieces to work with that he was going to come to the same conclusion regardless of how he put these Legos together. It was going to create the same result regardless because I had at least five to 92 different arguments that were so much better than anything I was hearing on the other side that there was 0% chance of me losing this battle. Take that, you who would win fantasy people. Maybe it's time to start believing in Ray. I'm just saying, you look like a dummy because you picked against me last week, you picked against me this week, and you keep on losing over and over and over again. I don't know how James comes back from this. I don't know how I lose another battle the rest of this season. What are we going to get? Stefan Thomas next week as a judge just to give James a 50-50 shot? I think after Showdown September is over and I go 5-0, and oh, we need James to get relegated. We need James to do five battles against five complete strangers off the internet to make sure he's even up to snuff to come back and face me again at the end of the season, much less any seasons beyond this one. James, you're on notice. You're on warning. The board has already pulled me aside and said they're concerned about your abilities. And I am as well. Someday you'll match my talent, son. But today is not that day. Find me on threads at Almighty Ray 316. Just got a text from the Who Would Win production team and the board. It seems I just got promoted. So that's a pay raise. That's everything. Okay, cool. Awesome. We have a Promoted meeting on Monday. to customer. That's what they told me when I was fired from my retail job. Maybe I'll see you at the meeting. Right. All right. Listen, here's the deal. I love these debates. I love these battles. And I love the judges, especially. And I think this year, I've really seen a lot of judges who are fantastic. But wow, do I ever disagree with a lot of them? Maybe I do have to change tactics a little bit. We'll see. What do you think, Legion of Audience? Let me know. Now, in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavs. You remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. up everyone brian here host of the tv and movie trivia podcast it's a trivia style podcast focusing on tv and movies listen in for questions like what's the name of michael scott's screenplay what do you say to view the marauders map what are tony stark's last words to thanos in avengers endgame and where does ron burgundy say he is when he calls the news station sobbing from a phone booth i've covered the office harry potter Marvel, Will Ferrell movies, Lord of the Rings, and more, with even more on the way. So play along to the TV and movie trivia podcast anywhere you get podcasts, and stay tuned for more trivia. 
Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash hoodwinshow right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.